Welcome back to another episode of the Operative Podcast, a podcast by operatives for operatives. My name's Ross Berry, as with me, as always, is my co-host, BJ Perry. BJ? Ross, another great day, another great podcast. And we do have a fun one today. Um, today, we are talking about fundraisers. Not how to raise money, but fundraisers specifically. The event, what to look for, and goals that you should achieve. And BJ, we've done fundraisers together. We've done them separately. Um, I think we have a lot of experience on both sides of this. But when BJ, when you're starting out doing a fundraiser, what's the very first thing that you're going to do? Oh, I'm going to absolutely and absolutely look at – I'm going to set the goal of what I want to raise. And then I'm going to – Bingo. Exactly. It. And that's going to determine and, – and the determine of what I'm going to raise is going to be based on you know, what it's going to cost me to do this event. Because at the end of the day, it's not about as much money you can raise for a fundraiser. It's about how much money you can net. The net is the only thing that matters. You know, in politics, as with most things, what's the first thing people look at when it comes to a, a political campaign? Oh, that's, that's cash on the hand. C-O-H, the cash on hand. And C-O-H. the only way you get that, the only way you get that COH up when you're doing fundraising events is to make sure that you raise as much money as possible and just as importantly that you spend as little money as possible. Absolutely. And we've always had a rule together. The two of us have always had a rule, which is the 90-10 rule. So can you explain what that is? The 90-10 rule is a fun rule. And Ross, because you and I are cut from the same cloth, we believe in it. You turn around. If you're going to turn around, you're going to raise $10,000. The, then you should only be spending a thousand dollars. Ten percent of the overall uh, fundraising operation should be towards the cost, and you should be netting ninety percent. Now, listen, there are professional fundraisers who do this all day, all day under the sun. This is their job; it's how they pay the bills. And we're going to have them on the operative, absolutely. They're going to be talking about other programs, high dollar phone calls, everything like that. They're going to be talking about direct mail campaigns. They're going to talk about social media fundraising. Today, we're talking about specific events because we have run events. We've done it for elected officials. I did it for for years for state senates. I've done it for PACs. We've both respectively did it for the Republican Party in our roles of executive director. We have done it. And let's get right into it, Ross. Ross, there are a lot of different types of events, um, you know, house parties, receptions, backyard barbecues, sit-down dinners. And more, yeah, the inf- and we're following the 90 The informal social. Oh, informal social. The informal social. Yep, absolutely. And when we're following these 90-10 rules, um, what, what are you supposed to expect? Like what type, you know, what are the details of each specific event? So when you're looking at a house party, what can, what are the, comp- what's the composition of a house party, Ross? Well, you know, what is made of that? Well, the nice part about a house party is that from an opera standpoint of view is they're actually very easy to put together. And that's by virtue of something that people who don't work in politics don't really think about, which is houses are small. They're small spaces. The largest space in a house is the living room, right? So logically speaking, when you're having a house party, you're going to have the living room. Well, it's really easy to fill a, a, a living room. It is super easy. And from an optic standpoint of view, that's great because you get to take the pictures and put them online. You know, you know, and it, you know, you can pack a living room with twenty people, and it looks like you've just mobbed the place. Probably not going to probably not going to raise a lot of money there. You know, if it's it's not going to be a super high dollar affair, you're in somebody's house, right? Um, but on the flip side of it is, you may get some good kind of momentum out of it. But in terms of raising money, a useful tool. It's not going to pay all your bills. 
But also on the flip side, the nice part about it, when we go to the 90-10 rule, a house party, those costs are normally offset by the host. So because it's free, it's free. So I mean, there we go. We're talking. I mean, we're we are talking probably even better than ninety ten in some cases, right? Oh, it can be you a house party if you get the right host, a host who's willing to. Obviously, they're going to let you use their space for their space for free, right? But most hosts will provide the food for you, and that's a huge deal because now you're only expense is getting people there so we're talking about invitations maybe a social media slash digital push but the lift just became super low and super inexpensive yeah i like that i like that absolutely absolutely now what about um other, there's there, there's your basic reception yeah, there's your stand-up reception so that yes. you know that's going to be like what a, a bar it could be at a banquet hall it could be in someone you go back it could be in, you could have a reception and you know poolside at someone's home a country club uh, the end a golf course whatever um what's what are we looking at of that type of event what's the setup what are the logistics what normally goes along with something like that so these are actually my favorite um, for a variety of reasons, one of which is, is I'm not the most social human being in the world. Shocking. And they actually – because they're – I know everybody listening to this is going, oh, wow, that's a revelation. <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> but it, it, the, the nice part is about these is you, know, you kind of get the – it's it's like a, uh, a house party and a sit-down dinner, which we're going to talk about in a second. It's like they had a baby. Um, so you have a bigger open space, but – it's very, very social. And what I have found is with most fundraisers, and, and we'll talk about this in a minute as the actual format of a fundraiser, is most people want something that's very social. They're, the people that are coming there to give you money more than likely already support you. So you know they, they want to talk to you. They want to talk to other people that support you. And, and, that's sort of, and, and the nice part about the reception is it's outside. It's usually a lot of these are in the summer, springtime. You know, you're not going to be doing them uh, in, especially up here in the Northeast. You won't be doing them in the winter because you'll die. <laughs> but, but they're uh, they're a lot of fun, and it's the same sort of dynamic as a house party, but it's a bigger space. Um, people do tend to. What I have found is that it's easier to get people to go to receptions that are at people's houses when they don't know the person who owns the house. It's harder to get them to go to somebody else's house that they don't know because there's there's some sort of social hesitation there of all right i'm going into this person's house and i never met them and i don't like that and you know also when you're talking about a reception it comes down to the cost because you know when you're doing because you know you don't need as much food you don't need as much setup you don't need as much space in some cases so that can help you uh, offset your cost to help you get back to that 90 10 rule and it's always a great great thing and, and of course and also you can you talked about the program earlier, Ross. You, there are a lot of less steps in a uh, in a reception than there are a, a dinner. There's a lot more, you know. I'll say in logistics too. I mean, you don't have to do a seating chart. You don't have to do, do this. You know, there's there, yeah, absolutely. And and the food cost versus a sit down versus a reception is is astronomically uh, better in the favor because you could do a carving station, a buffet. You could have light oh, hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. I mean, I mean, depending on the time of day, you could do it just as desserts. I mean, there's definitely a lot of different things and variables. So once again, when you're planning those fundraising events, you know, really look at what is your goal, what you want to raise, and also that you know that's also what you want to raise is also dictated by the cost of an event because. You know, a sit-down dinner is going to be a heck of a lot more money, and people are going to expect a lot more versus a you know a, a, co oh, a yeah. cocktail reception. And you know, in the type of it, I mean, you can have a sure you can have a you know business formal cocktail reception, or you can have a business casual. The um, it's 
it's the opportunities are endless there and you know how you want to set it up and of course there is the infamous ross berry the infamous sit down dinner i mean you know you're talking one night it could be uh a lincoln day oh, dinner yeah. it could be the uh ching ching you know, we, 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 we had sarah joe reynolds uh, arkansas executive director uh, the Arkansas GOP, she was on talking about the Tusk dinner, uh, you know, something they do. There is, you know, all, you know it could be the, uh, the, all these different events, all these events, big sit down dinner, but, you know, but let's but get, they right are expensive. They are, they really they are, are expensive and they're a ton and a ton and a ton of time goes into those. And I, I often feel that people who go to those, by the way, thank you. If you're one of these people that cuts checks and goes to those, thank you very much. Um, I, I think that they don't understand a lot of times the amount of effort that goes into that. It, it's, you know, there are, there, as you said, BJ, there are people that do this entirely for a living, but it's almost to kind of, you're almost planning to a certain extent, like a micro wedding, right? You have an event, you have somebody speaking, you have a presentation, you have a guest list, you have a seating assignment, you have a, a full-blown dinner. There's a lot of work that goes into that and you have to watch costs. And those places, you know, in order to make these things work and make them profitable, you have to throw a big event, which means you need a big venue, which means you're going to have a big bill at the end of the day. Yeah, no, it's and so you really got to weigh those pros and cons. And, and of course, what we always said, and we said it in multiple episodes, the most precious commodity that a candidate, an operative, an organization, a, you know, a field staffer has is their time. You know, I think Jim Merrill mentioned that on, on one of our podcasts. I remember that. So. But there's also other types of events we can do, Ross, right? You know, like the, you, you could use the the times, you could use the uh, what's going on seasonally and so forth. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great different events. Uh, there could be a, uh, I know a state senator in New Hampshire, uh, she organizes a Patriots watch party every single October. Every year. Every year. And, that, yep. and, that, and that's her own event. She's kind of made that her staple. Nobody else does a viewing party like that. Uh, I mean, Ross, you've been involved with the Young Republicans. What are some of, you know, what, what's, what's a unique event that the YRs do? Uh, so we are big into socials, and I guess this is kind of a, another way to to pivot that. You know, we're I'm heavily involved with the Young Republicans here in New Hampshire, and you know we're young people. We don't have tons of money, right? So we're not going to go to our membership and be like, "Hey, give me a thousand dollars," because they're going to look at you and be like, "That's the down payment on my house." So so it's not going to happen. But what are the ways you can get around that? And you can do this with any event is you can spe- sell sponsorships. So with the Young Republicans, we what we do is, is we go to people, we say, hey, look, uh, we want you to be a sponsor at our event. And what we're gonna do for you is we're gonna put your name everywhere. We have a very loud microphone and we're gonna put your name everywhere as this way to say thank you to come support us. You're doing an event that's, you know, if you're doing an event, especially a sit down dinner, you need a host committee, right? You need, these are the people that are going to help me bring people to the table. And those people, by the way, they want recognition. They, they may not say it. They may say, Oh, you don't recognize. They want recognition. They want recognition for what they've done. They've brought in their friends, their family. They want to be recognized for their contribution to your campaign outside of their monetary contribution. So those things are super important when you're planning an event is, you, you want to tap into other people's networks as much as possible, because when you actually think about it, by the time you get around to doing a fundraiser, right? And, at, and we're not talking about the kickoff fundraiser. We're talking you're three months into the campaign. You have probably tapped your network almost dry at that point. You need new money. 
You, absolutely, you need new money. And I like what you're talking about, these sponsorships. Because and going back to the big sit-down dinner or any type of event, you almost you can like NASCAR, if you will. And, you know, if, if there's something you can, you know, put someone's name on it, Absolutely. I give a lot of credit to uh, the main Republican Party, um, you know, because they do it right. And when they do their big convention, I mean, every area I, mean, I was up there, it's like you want your name on the, you know, on the big screen. You want your, you know, your signs up on the wall. You want, you know, your banner placement. They do a great job about it. And you got to think about that as well. So if, you, if there's an opportunity to make that into a sponsorship, then do it. Because oh, at the end of the day. Because when you look at it, what is the cost? What is the cost to be able to put someone's name on a board? You know, what, $65 to have a board printed? You can even probably even get it cheaper. Oh, you know, that's that board segue. will pay for itself over and over and over again. Yeah, or, 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 or that board could be, you know, a someone you know a projector a projector off a laptop uh going up you know shooting up against the wall what did that cost you at the end of the day because you know someone's gonna have a projector your staffer is gonna have or you as a consultant you're gonna you're gonna have a laptop uh, and you know depending on where you are in the event there's gonna be a wall to shoot it off of so guess what so if you're getting a 500 dollar sponsorship and you and you're using your laptop that's pure 500 dollars. the heck with the 90 10 rule that's a hundred percent right there it costs you nothing. <laughs> it costs you nothing. Cost you nothing. But let's get right into some of the other cost, Ross. I think that's a very good point that we we're talking about. You know, and I and we do appreciate everybody who's listening in. And of course, shoot us an email at info at uh, the Give us a like on Facebook. You know, and we, we appreciate it. We're growing every day. It's all and it's all because of you guys, and we appreciate it. If you have a suggestion for an episode, if you want to come on, if you're a vendor, come on. It's what it's all about because we're going to make better operatives, and we're going to do it collectively together. Let's talk about cost of event, Ross. Um, you and I have done it. We stuffed a lot of envelopes in our day. Uh, <laughs> I think more than we want to admit. <laughs> I, I am, I am, I am ashamed. You know, when the when the uh, post office worker knows you by name, um, you, you know you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually, you know, I'm staring at uh, some envelopes, and the candidate's not going to be very happy with me. Uh, but they're, they're for this year's event. It's okay. It's for this year's event. We bought extras so we can roll it over. Uh, I'm, I'm staring at a series of return donor envelopes right now as we're recording uh, this episode, Ross. Yeah, man. Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I'll give you a hint. There's a check mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know who it is, everybody. We know who it so is. So the cost of the cost of an event and the way to promote an event. So if you're going to be, um, we talked about the sponsorship board, very important, a setup board. We're talking 65 bucks right there. Um, other ways to promote. Let's get right into it. Uh, Ross, you introduced me to Facebook events, um, a very great way. Uh, walk me through a Facebook event, the purpose, the goals, and how do you get people to direct to donate, give, t- buy a ticket, do a sponsorship. Walk me through yeah. that. So f- Facebook's constantly evolving, right? And it's just – the way I look at Facebook in general is it's another tool to reach out to people, right? And there are – you know, there's no one way to reach every single person, right? Some people need mail. Some people need email. Some people need a phone call. Some people need Facebook, right? Facebook's just a, a tool that we use. But Facebook events um, – are really a cool way to invite people, especially your supporters, um, because you can do a variety of things. You can make it a private event, and then people are like, "Ooh, it's private." I'm, you know, not everybody gets to go to this, right? You kind of create that that air of exclusivity that people really yearn for. Um, but something that you can do is you can integrate Facebook with Eventbrite, right? So you can use Eventbrite to warehouse all of your 
event in one spot and it'll integrate with Facebook for you and Facebook will actually sell tickets from Eventbrite and you can actually take people's money, their donations. I shouldn't say take those money. That sounds horrible. But you could you could get their donation via Facebook by using the event feature and it takes you what? Five minutes to send that invite out after you've created the Facebook event page. It's a it's a brilliant yeah, tool no. and it's another way to drive people to your event. And what's the cost of that, Russ? Oh, that would be zero. <laughs> that Ooh. would be Ooh, if 90 free, 90 if it's That's free it. for me, I mean, it. you know, but, you know, going on to the costs, right? We know what the cost of an event is. All right. So, yeah, you've got your invites, right? So you have, you have your paper invites and, and your stamps, right? So I'm not just writing. And, and, let's, and but, let's talk about that for a second. Let's, you know, let me, let, me, let, me, let me stop you there. Let's talk about that, you know, depending on the event, because like you said, there are some people. And it's about targeting your audience. There are people who are going to be on Facebook. They look for their events to go to their Facebook. There are people who do it via email. There are people who do it by mail. When I was raising money for the Senate PAC and the other and the clients that I had, and I probably organized, I don't know, three, four dozen uh, you know, events in the time, one of my clients was a guy by the name of Ray Burton. Ray Burton was one of the longest-serving elected officials in New Hampshire. God rest his soul. Love the man to death. And he used to do this one event. Where he and he was so proud of himself that he's like, Oh, we raised fifty to sixty thousand dollars off this event. And I'm like, Okay, show me what you were doing. And he pulled out a postcard. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. I said, He goes, Yeah, we mailed this postcard. He gives it the who, what, where, when, how. And in my mind, he goes, How can we make it better? And I said, Well, I said it's gonna cost us a little bit more money, counselor. But my advice is that we take this information from a postcard, put it on a sheet of paper or a professional invite. I said, and mail it with a return envelope. Because yes. if you can, if you can make the the easier you can make the ability to have someone donate, the better rate of return you're going to have. So if you're going to mail, have your envelope, have your invite, have your return sheet, and have your return envelope. Now, do not put the postage on there. Do not put the postage on there. Um, but no. But there is a way around that. There Ooh, is a way around. Yeah. Um, if you and, and this is this is purely a math game, right? This is purely a math game. Is when you're sending out that invite, it may be worth it to go to the post office and create the account where it allows the person to send the mail in without a stamp, and then they they charge you back. The post office charge you to get the mail back, and they don't have to put a stamp on it. Um, I think it costs Ooh. like what, a, a buck twenty five when that piece of mail comes in. But here's the deal, folks: it, it, they only have to use it, you know once or twice for it to been to have justified itself right oh that's a great yeah you know so it's 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 definitely worth it if you're running a campaign just gonna throw a number out here that's gonna raise twenty thousand dollars in the mail it is a hundred percent worth it to have that re return item placed in there and with the ability to grab it from the post office it was one of my favorite things about when we'd send a mailer out with the state party, um, when we would get that those stacks back, uh, because you just knew there was nothing but checks in there. Oh, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. And little tips like that are always very important. That's why we try to stress here on the operative. Now, and also a couple little tips. How many pieces of mail is going to dictate, you know, do you need to have that professional invite? And let me also raise this. If you're going to be sending out some mail, whether it be follow-up letters, thank you notes, a couple house parties like this, maybe a reception, when you're getting ready to budget your campaign, especially your finance campaign for this portion of the campaign, go ahead and make sure it's like, okay, don't – if you're going to have printed envelopes done, what's the cost between – Exactly. 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000. Think about it in your head. Write write it down. How many your how many pieces you actually believe you're going to use during the campaign? Because at the end of the day, 
printing one time 2000 envelopes one time one shot is a heck of a lot cheaper than doing a batch of 500 500 500 and 500 that's right that's right yeah. there, there I, is a there's an advantage to being in bulk and it's just it's just one of those things is you have to we talked about something very first episode of the operative you have to have a great plan and this is part of that plan Absolutely. Now, Ross, I'm going to talk about one more thing when we're getting ready to promote your event. We talked about mail, talked about Facebook. Um, another thing you introduced me to, and I, and I enjoy um, emailing and what you need to have in an email, what you, what you should be doing, you know, ways to make it easier for that donor to register for that event, for that fundraising event. Yep. So it's, I'm going to go back to Eventbrite, right? The great best part about Eventbrite is it allows you to warehouse everything into one spot. So when you're sending out your email, right? You're going to want, and we'll go more into email marketing, I'm sure, on, on a later episode, but you, you want a subject line that's that's very straight to the point. So if you're doing an event in you know, uh, you know Charlottesville, South Carolina, right? Say, you know, join me Tuesday night in Charlottesville. Straight to the point, it needs to look almost identical to your invite that went out because you know there's going to be overlap. And it's very straight. Who, what, when, where, why, right? And how. And the how is very important because the how is how they're going to give you money. How is how they're going to make how they're going to give you money. I think you're absolutely absolutely, and that could be a. Um, and then how do they actually do that? Can they click on a link? Can they register? Is there a button right there? Like how do we, you know, get that money? How do I get that online donation? Yeah, so there's there's a variety of portals. Uh, you know, once, once again, Eventbrite will handle this for you, but you can. The reality is, is that money is going to come in through a variety of ways. It might come through your antidote account, your PayPal account, a check in the mail. You know, it, there's there's a variety of ways to account for it. You're going to build that that attendee list probably on Google Sheets, right? And it, it, you're just going to have to keep track of who's paid because you get to you're going to have people that show up to that event who have not paid, and it is your job as the operative to sit there and be like, hey. Uh, where's my money? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, so we're coming up to the final few minutes of the uh, of this edition of the operative, and we truly appreciate uh, everybody's joining us, everyone who's downloading it, everyone who has downloaded previous episodes. So we truly appreciate that. So rule of thumb to make sure we're thanking everybody. That truly does mean a lot, Ross. Um, let's talk about compliance for a second. You know, I think that's one thing that's always forgotten and, you know, in, in, in knowing regulations and so forth. When you're structuring putting your event together, when you're putting your invite together, what are some of those compliance things that tick in your head to make sure that you're compliant when it comes to election law? So invites on fundraisers still need to have a disclaimer. That's that's something that a lot of people miss. But you are sending out a piece. Normally when you send out a fundraising invite there is some sort of piece in there that's kind of encouraging you to support that candidate right so always 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 got to have your your um disclaimer on there generally speaking and states very you know state races can vary but generally speaking you only need to have the disclaimer on one piece if it's a total package right so if you're sending an envelope and there's a return piece an invite and you know um a, a return envelope, a, a donation contribution slip, and the actual invite. There's three pieces that go inside of that. You don't need to have your disclaimer on the outside of the envelope, right? But it needs to be gotcha. somewhere inside that three-piece set. It doesn't have to be on all three pieces. But, but dear God, make sure you put it on there because inevitably that invite is going to get into the hands of your opponent. And the last thing you want to do is give them a free shot at you. 
Oh, absolutely. Now, what about um, what about campaign contributions? What type of camping? Uh, what yeah. type of contributions? There are limits, take? folks. There are limits. Each state varies. Uh, state state races obviously vary state to state about what type of money you can take, when you can take it, where you are in the primary cycle, where you're on the general cycle. Are you an exploratory? That's a whole nother episode about campaign finance that we could probably stretch into three episodes. But at the end of the day, you need to have some sort of software or sheet that says, all right, I can take this much money from this individual or I can't because they're maxed out. Right. So these are just things that you have to pay attention to because they they are getting more and more sophisticated in catching. I'm not saying it's it's uh, malice. Right. a lot of times those violations are accidental, but the state and the federal government is are getting much better at finding them. Also, the last thing you want is for someone to send in a $5,000 check when you can only take 2500 because that's the max, and then suddenly you've got to return that money mm-hmm. and, you know, and, 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 or return that check and yeah. trying to get that check again. It's 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 like it's it's the old days of like it's the it's impossible. It's, impossible. it's like it's the philosophy of like when you're buying a car. If you have them in there in the dealership, they're sitting in the car. You have a higher chance of closing that deal. But if they walk away, the deal is gone. The deal is gone, and it's that's like and we'll talk about this on another day with fundraising. But that's like when you have somebody on the phone. I I don't care what anyone says. If you're getting a max out contribution and that person wants to run it on a credit card right then and there. Absolutely. Take Absolutely. Money. Don't worry about the percentage not, and everything. You we'll do talk not. about compliance. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about Co- merchants and all that on another episode. We have we <laughs> already have vendors who, who who do a great job who've asked, like, hey, can I come on to the operative and, and talk about it? So it's you know, but we wanna, you know, our goal was today was to try to help you when you're planning your fundraising event, what you should be doing, what type of events, what you should be looking out for, some of the general costs, some of the general things you should be looking for. And of course, you can always uh, reach out to us at the uh, info at the operative podcast. Dot com. Uh, Ross Berry we talked about the we talked about food costs. We talked about you know we talked about what other things are needed for an event. Uh, booze. <laughs> what fundraiser is in is uh, is so complete without booze? Uh, what about like if, you know like, do you, what about sound you know, equipment? What you know do they have house audio? Do you have to bring that in? You know these are things you have to consider. You know a lot of times these venues are going to upcharge you for that sort of stuff. The, the big thing to go kind of emphasize here is if you want an event to be successful or profitable. You need to get a venue that is either free or cutting you heavy discounts, right? So that's just going to come through your network of, you know, you broker a deal with the restaurant owner and you say, hey, look, I want to use your back room for a fundraiser. Uh, You're not going to charge me for the venue, but I'm going to buy, you know, $500 worth of food and, you know, you're happy, I'm happy. And I I will promise you virtually every restaurant owner um, will take that deal every time because if you say I'm going to buy the food, the space for them is they it's already fixed in right it's already baked into to their math so that's the sort of deal you need to broker i i rarely see getting food for free it's a hard cost and it's it's just one of those things that if you're going to sit down dinner you're going to have to do that and no pun intended. You also, gotta, you know, remember no to also check with your compliance and laws if you even take an in-kind contribution like that. Uh, Ross Berry, the other thing I wanted to ask you about days of the week, times of an event. Are there days we want to stay oh, away from? Uh, that would be Sunday night and Friday night. Yeah, I'm not a and big fan of Friday night. When these restaurants, bars, these you know these places, these venues, those are you know Thursday night, Friday you know Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Those are their gang run weekends. Those are their awesome times. You know, it could you could be like Monday night, Tuesday night could be their weeknights. So that could be the perfect time for you to really look at get a great deal. It's also a better time for your donors, right? Because a lot of these guys, when they go, a lot of these people when they want to go to these events. 
What do they uh, want? To do, they Jay? want to have a drink. They want to get something to eat, and then they want to go home. And, and they, they want absolutely to want a network. So they do not want a network no. on a Friday, no, Saturday, you, and, and also because think about the, they, th- they think will... about what you're competing against. You're you know in the fall it could be fall sports. It could be their own kids going to a game. You know when you know it could be the weekend. It could be those things. You know you could be you know a major event going on nationally. It's like yeah, it's like you got to look at the calendar too to see what you what you are competing against. Yeah, and there's a lot to think about, and you know, at the end of the day, you'll have people that will give you checks for an event that won't go to them, um, and those those are, are <laughs> they Americans. are great Americans. <laughs> all all of the benefit, none of the cost. <laughs> it's a great day, but anyways, I think that's a wrap for us, BJ. We're, I'm looking at the time, and I think I think we're there. Um, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has been listening to us. Please go give us a like and give us a share. Big if you give us a share on Facebook at Operative Podcast. Drop us a line and email info at operativepodcast.com. Uh, as always with me is my partner, BJ Perry. I'm Ross Berry. And as always, thanks for listening. What's the worst thing that could happen? You might learn something.